Right. It's always fun to be in between everybody and food. <clears throat> so, you know what I mean? Like, for reals. Uh, John ch- chapter 17. For those who don't know, if anyone doesn't know or is here and hadn't heard, we're all having a, a shindig out in the yard over here. Do people say that anymore? Shindig? How about? Woo! So there's some, I think there was a little, there was a slight roar of excitement. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I think that there's some. So everyone is invited. We're going to have all kinds of good food, right? One thing I am very sad about is Mr. Ben Austin does not, is not here, so I don't get to eat his buttermilk pie. Matt, did you make me a buttermilk pie? No, it's not. I mean, pudding's okay, bro. I mean, it's like, it's all right. But ben, you, you've been learning how to make the vinegar pie. Well, that doesn't, I mean, I'm, I thought about giving you $100, but I didn't. It doesn't really matter unless you do it. Dang it. Andrew, did you know what I was teaching on today? Cool beans. Does anybody know? Does anyone say that anymore? John chapter 17. We're going to talk about our love for one another and community. Um, You know, I've heard a lot of preachers preach on John chapter 17, so much to where when they turn to it, I roll my eyes, <clears throat> probably just to be honest with you. I've heard, I've heard so many things, let's love one another and love for one another, and I kind of get frustrated with it. Um, I probably shouldn't, but I do. But do you ever have those times whenever you've been reading the Scriptures and you really experience the Scriptures and it brings such a deeper revelation to it? Uh, my buddy Ben, who is over there, who works in our office over here, back when he was in college, I can't remember if he broke his phone or lost his phone. He bought, got like a brand new phone and he broke it or lost it. And his friend was hanging out with him. And his friend's kind of freaking out like, dude, that's your phone. You just got it. That was like several hundred dollars. And Ben said he was joking, though he believed it. And he said, um, do not store up, your, store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And years later, that guy goes back to him and said, you don't know how much that moment changed my life. <laughs> and this was in like Bible college. Like he had probably read that passage, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth. But when he saw it like lived out and experienced it, it was like at a whole nother level. And I think for me, I've been a follower of Jesus since I was 17, 18. I know, I'm sorry. All these people have like these, they know the dates and stuff. I don't really know for sure. Um, that's, I just don't. Uh, I'm, I got baptized sometime. I think I was 18. It was super important and hugely important in my life. But I should have, guess I should have written down the date. I didn't. I remember it vividly. I just so huge in my life. Anyway, so I guess it's been about 20 years now. And there's been this desire and longing for a deep-rooted community that goes and is missional and all these different things like that. And honestly, I have to admit, until recently, I probably never experienced it. Like, I've experienced tastes of it, and I feel like I've probably just tasted the tip of the iceberg at this point, just a little bit of it. But for years, there was this longing, kind of like what you were saying, Andrew, there's this like longing to be part of something that's not only a a tight-knit and group community, but a community that is that, but a community that's, that's obeying Jesus together, loving Jesus together, and, and making a difference in this world. And I see that Jesus in John 17 is going to talk about this community. It's too long for me to go through the whole passage today, 
So I'm actually going to start at the end and the next week go back to the beginning because there's this punchline that many of us talk about. Let's hit on that and then we'll go back and I think it's going to help us understand what Jesus is saying even more. So I'm going to start in verse uh, 20, John chapter 17, verse 20. In the context, this is Jesus and he's praying for his disciples and stuff. He's talking to the Father. And we'll fill in the context more next week. He says in verse 20, I ask not only on behalf of these, but on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word. So who are these? They're his disciples. You know what I love about this? Jesus is praying for you and me right now. Why? We are those. If the disciples did what Jesus told them to do, and they did, teach them to obey all that I commanded. They have done that. It has been passed down, passed down, passed down. And we are these people who Jesus is talking to the Father on behalf of those who will believe through their words. So Jesus is praying for us. You know, Jesus prays for you in the Bible. That's pretty powerful. So this is for us. But what is a prayer? What is this request? I mean, that's pretty important, right? I'm glad that he's praying for us, but it'd be really nice to know what he's talking to the Father about. So he says, I'm asking on behalf of my disciples and those who will become disciples, who, who will, on behalf of their words, excuse me, he says, what does he want? That they may all be one. That's pretty real. Think about that for a second. What does it mean? And we'll talk about it. What does this mean? That they, does it mean that they have a set of doctrinal beliefs that everyone signs off on? Is that the depth of the oneness? Does it mean they go to church on Sundays together? Is that the depth? Like some of this is important, but is that the extent, right? Is that the end of this oneness that he's calling us to? I want us to ask ourselves this as we go. I'm asking myself deeply, God, am I, I mean, we just did, took communion, and it's so important in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, hey, if we don't discern the body correctly, then we're, we're eating and drinking judgment on ourselves. And then that context is people getting together, and some are getting drunk, and some are coming hungry and stuff. So the way we treat the body is like crazy important. It says some of you have gotten sick because you didn't do that right. Like, I'm just being real. That's what the word says. (laughs) So Jesus is in this prayer crying out that we would be one. What does that mean to be one? And I think we'll spend a couple weeks talking about that. This next line, like, makes my hair stand up on my arms. I've read it a thousand times, but when I, like, sit back and really think about it, he says that they may be one as you, Father, are in me. So he's praying to the Father and saying, Father, you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us. (laughs) Like, we're invited. Like, think of, like, the most beautiful scenery that you've been a part of in nature, right? That God that created that (laughs) is saying that that Godhead of community is opening up themselves to say, I want them to be part of us. Not only are they allowing themselves, Jesus is praying that it would happen. Like, the community of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, such a beautiful community, such a, such a perfect community of love and serving one another and caring for one another. Like, how scandalous, how scary, whatever would it be to open that community up that's imperfect, that's perfect, and say, not only you can come in, I guess, but, like, I am praying that you would come in, that we would allow Father, that you would allow me and you and you and me and allow them to participate in us. 
So that's one of that's one big thing that I just I, that I love, and that Jesus is going to say here. We're going to get to in just a second. That what? How will people know followers of Jesus? By what? The love for one another, right? Okay. He models perfect love for us. So one beautiful thing that we can we need to ask ourselves, and I've had to ask myself, is: Are my communities of people who I am in deep relationship with, are they open? Or have we gotten to where we just, I mean, you guys get it, right? Like, you get families that you love hanging out with. I do, too. And I'm just, you get people that you're comfortable with, right? I'm an introvert, extrovert, whatever that is in the middle. So, like, I, I think I get a picture of both sides of it. People I get excited about and people do energize me, but also they drain me. When I'm done with preaching, I'm exhausted. I have to go home and take a nap, right, babe? Like, it is what it is. Like, there's certain times, but then I get bored whenever I'm alone by myself too long. But then when I'm around people too long, then I get tired. Anyone like that? Anyone feel like that? It's like, I'm kind of, I'm right there in like this middle area. But my introverted self wants to walk in these, in this church and just talk to the people I'm very comfortable with talking to, right? Is it, anyone can feel me on that? You know, my extroverted self wants to go around and talk to some people, but uh, I don't want, it's hard for me to get deep into deep conversations with them. You know what I mean? So the easy thing for me to do is to just find my community of people that I'm close with and just spend all my time there because I'm comfortable doing that. And I'm so thankful God wasn't comfortable in his community <laughs> and that he allowed us to become part of that community. So that's one thing that, I, that I, God's been checking my heart and asking me in our communities that we have. Like, are we inviting people in? Like Jesus says, when you throw a banquet, who did he say to invite your best friends? He said, invite the poor, invite the lame. Like, who, you know what I mean? Like, and the Lord's asking me these questions. Like, who have I invited to my home? Who have I invited out to dinner lately? Am I just inviting the people? It's nothing wrong with inviting your friends and going to have dinner. There's nothing wrong with that. But is that all I'm inviting? Or am I inviting people that I'm getting to know or that I'm uncomfortable being around? It is uncomfortable getting to know people. Come on. Can I just be real with you? I don't love it. Certain people you connect with close. Like, it doesn't take, there are certain people I'm like, man, I, I'm really digging this person, I'm digging this guy, this gal, and, and we're connecting. But there are certain people I'm not connecting very easily. And sometimes that stops me from making those connections. You know what I mean? It does, it does. But, the, but, but God has got us in that community. He's, he's wanting us to have this oneness, but the oneness has to be open because that's what he did. That's, 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 that's who he is. So he says, as you father in me, I and I am in you, may they also be in us, and this is a line I just said, so that the world may believe that you've sent me. See, he didn't say, Father, give them eloquent words of wisdom to speak. Father, give them great oratory power and amazing preaching. Now all oh, that's not bad. But he says, Father, let them be what does it say? Let them be in us, right? I and them, you and me all of us one, so that the world may know that you sent me, that this would be a sign that you sent me. Now, here's something else that really hit me when I read this. We have to be where the world can see us. <laughs> How often are we as believers getting together only in church buildings and homes, and the world can't even see us showing our love for one another? God's convicted me of this. This isn't me on my high horse. I've been like, oh, crap, excuse me. Oh, shoot. Like, God, where, where, where is, what's going on? Because 
in Jesus' context, when we talk about disciples, they were all out and about. He was teaching, going from village to village. They were out. People got to see them. They got to see this. In our context, as Andrew said, it's so much harder because we're in our building here and we go home to our castles at our homes. And when we have hang out with people, often we just invite them to our homes and it's comfortable and stuff like that. But what I've been able to recently experience, an experience of an intentional community out is like blowing my mind because I'm seeing God do stuff and I'm not even doing anything crazy. You know what I mean? The world is longing to see this. I, I, I just truly believe there's such a heart in, the American, in America, in our context, for people to see just what he's praying for in John 17 lived out and they long for it. Like Andrew said, like, who would know, does anyone know that he's felt lonely? Do we even care? <laughs> it matters. Like that's huge. And he's not the only one. He's not the only one at all. I mean, I've, every church I've been a part of, I've had people leave saying I didn't never really made connections. People might go out to lunch with me occasionally, but I was never able to. And it's really hard in churches where we've been together for such a long time because we don't even mean to sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, I've recognized that. Like, there's people here that I'm getting to know and I spend a lot of time with, and it's hard to open up. But are we in community, in oneness with God? And by the way, the only way we can be one is through our communion union with God. We can try to come up with some kind of thing that we're coming in together with and in, union, in unity together with, and it'll probably be surface level. It all starts with our union with God, and it's all together, all right? But are we in that union with God, building deep relationships with one another and out so that the world can actually see what that looks like? In verse 22, he says, the glory that you have given me. So the Father has given Jesus glory, and I could do a whole message on glory and what that means. That's my first thought, because he talks about glory like a thousand times in this passage. Um, And I'll probably do a poor job. But it has to do with intrinsic value and splendor um, in the Greek. It has to do with this like honoring in the Hebrew, it has to do with the weighty presence of God. Um, maybe the best way to talk about it, I think we often use it, I think we often use it correctly, but not always. When it comes to glory, you ever, it's kind of like the word beauty almost. If someone asks you to define it, it is difficult to define. You're like, but you know it when you see it. You know what I mean? And so we could look at a sunset and go, wow, that is beautiful. And someone goes, Eve, can you explain to me what that means? And you're like, oh. I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> and in a sense, glory and glorious has some of the same things, though we could use it incorrectly. Like, wow, that is just, that thing is, that is glorious. It, there's, it's intrinsic worth and value is just so incredible, and it's splendor, and it, it's all these things. And Jesus is saying that, that that's been given to him, and that honor that the Father has given him, this great glory, he's giving to us, which is just not only are we allowed to be in the Father, not only in the Son and the Spirit, not are not we're also being prayed into it and also being given God's glory. I love that God gives us the tools to do this. He's not saying, "Hey, go try to figure it out and be one together so that the world may know." But I'm not going to do anything about it. He says, "I'm giving them the glory. Why is He giving us His glory so that they may be one as we are one?" <laughs> That's like, not only you be one, but like, I want you all to be one, the Father saying, or Jesus is praying for, just as Holy Spirit, Son, and Father are one. That complete unity. Verse 23 says, I in them and you in me, 
So he's saying, I in them, so Jesus in us, but Father in Jesus, that they may become completely one. Again, he says it again, so that the world may know that you have sent me and love them even as you have loved me. So not only is the world going to know that Jesus is Messiah through the way that we treat one another and the way that we're open to other people in community, it's also going to express to them, what does it say? The love, right? So that they will even know the love that God has for them. So pretty fairly quick message. I'm going to uh, share another real quick story to hopefully tie this all in. Um, something else that happened uh, recently at the hookah bar. And I'll also share in this too, by the way. I've done a poor job of, you know, you guys, when you give to Stones River, you help me be able to go do this. You guys know that, right? Any of you, yeah, all right, whenever we have this, you know, Taylor place over here, like that's, you guys invest in that, so we're all in this together. Also, I want to reiterate that I've said before, I, I, was been, I haven't done it as much since COVID because I've been afraid people would be scared to get the mic. When you have stories, like I want to leave this open. In fact, when I'm done with this, I'm going to leave it open if someone has something they want to share really quickly. Um, because I don't want it to be me telling stories all the time. I kind of hate that. But I will tell the story because it ends, this, this passage that I looked at ends here, or I ended today, with the idea of not only are they going to see that Jesus is Messiah, but know that the Father loves them. Um, let me give you some background on a few things that have happened at the hookah bar. Uh, actually, before that, let me share this. Yesterday, I was in this uh, disciple-making training the guy that leads the house church in Iran that's going crazy and all this stuff. And I was just watching him learning more about how to train and, st and stuff like that. And he used this phrase that I guess we have some kids in here. I have, I'll have to say it a little bit differently. Is that as we're going out in community with one another, he's like, we need to have such genuine love that we create what in the world moments. You know how to say it that way for this world. Moments where people... Our giving and our love is just so extravagant and it, because, of, because of who we are. We're not just doing it to try to convert somebody. Because of who we are that they go, what in the world is going on here? Like, for example, um, there's been times whenever we've had groups of people get together and we use the hookah bar and we write the dude a $500 tip. And he's like, what the heck? What in the world? Sorry. You know what I mean? Or times whenever... There's been instruments just given. You can have this guitar. Well, I didn't do that. I'm, I'm not bragging on myself. Like, here, you just have it. What? No, no, you want it, right? You want to learn, right? Then take it. I can get another one or whatever. Or all these, these crazy, this, this, I could go on and on about helping people and, and all these different things. But these moments that are like these extravagant times wherever we're just like meeting people's needs. And it's just like, who are these people? Who buys people cars you know who does this stuff it's just what happens it is not us it's the love of the father and we're just allowing God's love to pour through us and we took the restraints off of it I, I used to have I, like I'm very conservative financially just that's who I am right if, if anyone knows that God is like trying I've always you know given my you know at least a tithe to the church you know we can talk about that but I, I just had the conviction that at least you know I've always done those things since I was a kid you know um, but like Man, sometimes I hate the tithe because it makes us think that if I give my 10%, then I'm all good with God. You know what I mean? And sometimes God's like, dude, you can give way more than that, man. It probably doesn't say it like that. 
Sorry, when I was coming out, that was sorry, Lord. But like, like these moments where like I'm getting checked in my heart, and and like, man, you've been spending time with this. You've been going to this restaurant. This this person, you know, you've had some. Why don't you just give him a two hundred dollar tip and just bless him? Oh Lord, I don't know, man. I mean, I need that money, you know. But what they they say? Who the heck is this person? I, I told you that shared with y'all. I think a month or so ago that David Watson, you know, goes to the same Cracker Barrel every single. A week on the same morning and they fight over him because he gives them a good tip and loves them and cares for them. Like there's times, and I know that we all don't have endless monies, but I wonder, you know, God tells us to test him about giving, right? I wonder if we said, okay, God, I'm going to step out on a limb and start to do this and we'll see what happens. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to trust you that you're going to have it, but it doesn't always have to be financial, right? But the financial pieces, we usually go, well, let me figure out how to not do it financially because we don't really trust God with our money, but <clears throat> that's a whole nother sermon. God convicts me about that. You know, we're always looking for the excuse, right? Well, we can give our time too. Yeah, but maybe he wants that too. Open that pocketbook up. So good, man. So good. Sorry, there's, that's an inside joke. That was directed towards Jared and my wife. Um, but these moments where they're like, what in the world is happening? So leading up to another thing that happened recently, I told a story about Kay. I'll just call him Kay. But there's this other guy, so there's this owner of, this, of the place, and his father in, is just a really cool guy. I don't know how old he is. Um, he's Indian, so it's harder to tell. White people, I can tell a whole lot easier. <laughs> I'm just going to be real because we look old fast, right? There's a lot of other cultures that look a lot better when they get older, <laughs> and he looks a lot better. <laughs> so I'm not sure what age he is. I'm going to guess it is late 50s or early 60s or something like that. Um, me and him made a really close connection. It, like every time we get together, hey, what's going on? What's going on? This last week we were dancing together and all this kind of crazy stuff or whatever. But two weeks ago, we wanted to have a prayer night with some people in Nashville. Someone from North Carolina came and we were going to do it over here at Taylor Place, but the uh, Hispanic church was using it for their revival. So we had to figure out another place to do it. So we decided to go. We asked Jay, hey, can we use the hookah bar, right? I think I've told you all this. And he's like, yeah, sure. So we're doing, we probably got like 40 people kind of packed in there. We're doing all this stuff. And Raj walks in. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. Like, like uh, I'm like, what is he thinking? You know what I mean? Because this is like totally crazy, different culture, different context. This guy goes to the Hindu temple. You know, like, is he going to think we're insane and all these things? I wouldn't invite him because, hey, we got to introduce him to Jesus and stuff before he gets in. Like all this other stuff, it's going to make him maybe go, What? And he comes in, and he's seen some of these what-the-world moments with his son and different things. And so he's really interested, and he just stands there for like 10 or 15 minutes and walks out. And I'm like, oh, Lord, again, what is he thinking? Well, he has an employee, and this employee um, has just recently stopped being homeless. He's like helping in, around the motel because they own, own the motel or run the motel or whatever. And he's experienced some what-in-the-world moments, like Sean giving him a ton of food when the guy's, like, digging out in the trash to try to get food. And he, like, opens his trunk up, and there's all kinds of stuff. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, it's all yours, you know. Um, and he's like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's for you. Anyways, he's experiencing these, and he's asking, I'm just going to call him R, the dad, like, what's it with these guys, man? What's with these guys? Like, they're just so whatever. And he said, you know, I just, there's family. And he tells, talks about some other things or whatever. I don't want to, I get uncomfortable talking about myself. But, so but he said, but you know, the other night uh, I went into their thing and I just stood there and I watched and I watched 
some people weeping, and I watched some people kind of laughing and joyful. I saw someone share something, and then someone else shared something, and then they sang a song, and, and he was like, I've never seen anything like this before. It's kind of like what we're called to do, I think, right? Isn't that, isn't that what happens in 1 Corinthians? Right? He's like, he's like, I've never experienced anything like this. I've never seen anything like this in a Hindu temple. There was something very special that was happening in that moment. And when I hear that story, like secondhand, I am, Sean and I are weeping like some stupid babies. Like, it was right out there. We're just hanging out, and Andy's telling the story. Because I recognize how much I love R, <laughs> this guy. Like, it's, it's no longer, like, just some person. I mean, I love him so much. It's like a family member who is starting to get closer to the Lord, and we're, like, crying because we're like, God, I've been praying for this person for such a long time. And, like, I'm sitting there going, oh, Lord, this is awesome. He hasn't given his life to the Lord or anything yet, but I'm just, like, I'm weeping. But I'm also recognizing that it, it, it's occurring as the church does church not inside a building, too. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, we're, we're going places that people would never step foot in here are going, well, I'm wondering, what's this group doing over here at the hookah bar and watching what's taking place? And I think this is what Jesus is calling us to be in this incredible unity. And even in that moment, it's this person talking, this person talking, this person saying this. We're not fighting. We're, we're, we're listening to each other. He's seeing this, the body at work, and I'm sure it's not perfect, and we screwed up and all this kind of stuff. Gosh. But there's this deep union and he's like, Hinduism doesn't have that. It just doesn't have it. I've been at my whole life. I've never seen that. And I like it. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. I think that's what Jesus is calling us to. I know that's what he's calling us to, y'all. So I just wanted to bring that as encouragement. Before I end, does anyone have any story or anything that they would, don't feel like you have to, but anything that anything cool that happened this week that you just kind of want to brag on God for? Anybody? I'll give you just a minute or so. I'm going to pray, and then I'll bring it back up. That way I'll let the Holy Spirit hit you. <laughs> Father, <clears throat> Lord, I, we just, we so love who you are, and we so love the example that you've given, and we so love how you've invited us. I don't even know how to even say this. It's just how you've invited us into that, that, that community that you have between you, I mean, I don't, it just, my words just feel so empty at this moment, but I, I just say thank you. Um, help us to have a deeper revelation of what that means. And God, I pray that you would help us here to walk in that union with you and with one another. And that, Father, that you would give us very practical, that we would take the opportunity, that we'd be very intentional about seeing this grow about seeing us grow together and in you. And Father, that we would, as we have these communities, Lord, if you're speaking to anybody here today about opening up and like, hey, we need to invite some, some more families, some more people, reach out to more people, Lord, I pray that we would do it, that, that we would recognize that, that you called us to that, God. And I just pray that you would, Holy Spirit, just give us eyes to see all these places that you're working and that you would help us in family show your love, and, and, and show people these crazy, these moments where they go, why would you do that? And that, Lord, it would be authentic in our lives, not some trick to try to get people to become a follower of you, that it would just be authentic from our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Is anybody?
I, I appreciate John encouraging us to share because I think that's how we encourage one another. And I'm not afraid to speak on the microphone, sorry. So um, I just wanted to share a really neat thing that happened right before COVID hit. I'm a, I'm a school teacher. I teach at Siegel Middle School. And um, we were, we were kind of new to Stones River that school year, but I had... I had met some people within this church and had formed a relationship, and I invited a group um, of, well, I prayed for God to help me think of a group of women to put together to go through the Lent season. And I didn't practice Lent growing up, um, but it's a, it's a really neat discipline to practice, and we met once a week. And there, there are a few in my Stones River family that are sitting here today that participated in that. But God really um, laid on my heart to invite some of my coworkers. And I was like, no, that's weird. It's weird to go to coworkers that I don't know very well and say, hey, you want to participate in this, you know, this thing that I didn't even know how it would go with my own, you know, church people. Um, but, it, but it was, I have never heard a voice of God. I've never heard that. I know people say that. I have not. But I do truly believe the Holy Spirit puts thoughts in my mind that do not go away. And that's the voice of God for me. When it doesn't go away, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. So I invited, I had this, this group and COVID happened. So it ended up being a huge blessing of community through COVID. We turned into Zoom meetings. Um, but I'm going to fast forward to this past summer because we, we met, we did Lent. We did a spiritual discipline book over last summer um, and we did Lent again. Um, but this summer the co-workers that I invited to be in this group and myself, we reached out to co-workers that didn't know anyone in our, in our teaching staff um, and just had a dinner party together. And I, I just want to share with you that the love I feel for these two co-workers who are Christians, we're surrounded by people that are Christians in our workplaces, and some are serious about it and some don't seem very serious about it. But I, my encouragement to you is look for those who will know us by our love, not just here, but in our workplaces, because it, it spreads. And it was a joy to see this summer to do that with my sisters in Christ that I work with that don't necessarily attend here at Stone River, but I know they're doing ministry in our parts of other churches. So I just felt like I wanted to share that with you all. They, they do know us by our love. Why don't y'all stand up? We'll sing one more song before we close out for the day. Unless anybody else has anything else they want to share with. Yeah, we can.